Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an opportunity it is to come across your broadcast airwaves and just so thankful for this opportunity. Thankful that uh, you're friends, thankful that you're hopping into God's word this morning with us. With me again is my friend, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. So we decided that, you know, just to catch you folks up, you guys are really liking these funny stories. So yesterday I gave you a quick book review, and I'm going to give you a secular book here in a couple days, and uh, that's non-PTSD. Somebody asked me about that as well. Remind me about that, Brother Kevin, but I think this, what I want to do is I wanted to tell you a funny missionary story. Now, I want to make sure that I have this right. Okay, so back before, so I have to explain this, back before GPSs, back before computers, uh, we, we would get directions to go to a church, and Kevin will tell you this, you would have this big book uh, known as an atlas. I don't, you know, for some of you who are younger, you don't even know what an atlas is, but mm-hmm. I mean, this thing was about two feet by, you know, 18 <laughs> inches or something like that, and you'd open up maps, and it would show you an entire state of highways, and then it would zoom in on city. So what you would do is you'd make a phone call and you'd say, pastor, where are you at in the city? I've looked at the map. I found the best way to get there. People used to go to triple a and they'd give them directions. Uh, they'd print up some directions for them, type them for them on paper. Uh, but most of the time you could find the city you were going to, you'd work it all out where you were staying and things like that. So I got a meeting at faith Baptist church in Virginia, right outside of Manassas. That's what I remember. And the pastor said, now be careful. Uh, it's right outside of Manassas. You don't want to miss it. So I remember my son, Doug and I, and, and this goes back some years ago, this would have been 2004. And, uh, so my son, Doug and I, we went on a weekend, we left on a Saturday, we were driving back on a Sunday night. So it was about halfway across Virginia. So we left on a Saturday and we preached. That's what we did. We preached in Fredericksburg and then we cruised over on 17. I'm pretty sure that was the highway looking for Faith Baptist Church right outside of Manassas. So Doug and I had the map out and Doug is like really analytical, really tuned in OCD about maps and directions and stuff. So I totally trusted him. And, you know, we're cruising in between churches and we look up and we see a sign that says Manassas like eight miles. And when we do, the next sign we see, Doug's like, Dad, there's Faith Baptist Church. So I immediately go busting into the parking lot. And I said, Doug, this is like 20 minutes closer than we thought it is. This is great. Let's see if someone's in the church. So sure enough, we got to the church and, and there was a man in there. And I said, hey, sir, you know, I'm Doug. This is my son, Doug. My other son, Doug, couldn't make it. You know, my usual line. And anyway, the brother said, well, let me get your table. Are you preaching here tonight? I said, yeah. He said, oh, pastor forgot to tell us. He said, but get your stuff. He said, <laughs> he said, we're thrilled to have you. I said, well, I'm thrilled to be here. So he went over there and I, I saw him. He went in the office, called pastor, said the missionary's here and we're setting up the table. I heard the conversation. That's all he said. The missionary for tonight is here. And we set up the table and, and I'm telling you, Doug and I had a time and the pastor, everybody was coming, was hugging us and loving on us. And, um, uh, the pastor came in and he says, brother Doug, I have to be honest 
honest with you, I forgot you were coming. I didn't write it down, but he said, I am so thrilled you're here. He said, I just want to tell you, this couldn't be better. He said, everybody's loving you. He said, you, you know, this is great. He said, do you and your son need a place to stay? And I said, no, my son's actually in school. And so we're going to go ahead and drive back to the Virginia Beach area. And I said, it's about 20 miles closer than we thought it was. I said, so we'll, we'll be home in a couple hours tonight. And, and the pastor said, you know, he said, this happens to me once in a while. He said, I don't know why. He said, my memory at that time, he told me he was 65 or something. He said, my memory's just fleeting, brother Doug. He said, don't get older. And, uh, but anyway, I got up. I mean, God showed up, brother. I don't remember everything that happened at the service, but I, uh, the, you know, the important thing I thought is uh, God allowed us to have a, a great time and they took us on for support. And I remember we got in the car and we, we, we actually ate at the pastor's house. It was kind of hooked to the compound there. And we had a wonderful, the wife quickly put together some sandwiches and she said, you know, my husband's always forgetting people are coming and I'm like, it's okay. And so they put together some grinder sharing. It was just good. You know, we're drinking Coke, eating grinder sandwiches. Doug and I were having a good time playing with the dog, got in the car, drove home about an hour into the way home. I got a phone call. And this irate pastor was on the phone. I said, may I help you, please? So, yeah, this is Pastor So-and-So at Faith Baptist Church. And I said, yeah, brother, how can I help you? I was just with you. He said, no, I'm the other Faith Baptist Church. This happens to, and he's yelling at me, brother. I went to the wrong Faith Baptist Church. <laughs> and Presented your work. Presented my support. work. Got support. And they were both 20 miles outside of Manassas. One going the other way. One going north and one going south. And I went to the one that was on the south side. And here's the funny thing. This guy told me off every way to Thursday. And uh, he hung up the phone and said, don't bother calling me again. And I told that story a couple of years later at a missionary meeting. And this missionary stood up and said, Brother Doug, get on your knees and thank God. He said, that pastor who's 20 miles north, he's an idiot. <laughs> he said, nobody gets support. He treats everybody like dirt. And then another guy, we were in a meeting of about 40 or 50 missionaries up in Ohio at some kind of missionary training. So other guy got up and said, hey, I went to both churches. You went to the right one, brother. And, uh, and, <laughs> anyway, it's just a funny story. So things that happen. So read your maps. Don't go to the wrong church because it may turn out to be the right church. And today with GPSs, I would have missed that opportunity. And that dear brother was a supporter right up to the day he went to heaven about two years ago. Never missed calling, never missed talking to me and was really good to me. So today's word of the day, I know we're in tomorrow, Kevin's going to tell his funny missionary story. I want to work with the word omnipotence. We forget how powerful and how great and how wonderful our God is. We we get caught up in, in the devil thinking that the devil's all powerful. He's not all powerful. He's ubiquitous. He he just happens to be bouncing off TV screens and, and, and you know, different videos and audio and things like that. But our God, remember what it says in Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus beheld him and said unto them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Friends, let me tell you the omnipotence, the all-powerful, the wonderful God, with him, all things are possible. Uh, Luke reminds us of that. He says, for with God, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Make that a sticky. Put it on your rearview mirror. Put it on your desk today. Remember that we serve a God that makes things possible. Over in the book of Mark, it says, and Jesus looking unto them, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. 
God, for with God, all things are possible. I remember I preach often out of the book of Mark chapter 4, and uh, they crossed the Sea of Galilee, and God stilled the Sea of Galilee, 220-something square miles of water, jumping all over the place, and God just said, peace be still, and the water believed him and listened and stopped. And when we get to the end of chapter 4 there in the book of Mark, it says, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this? that the wind and the sea obey him. Let me tell you what manner of man it is. It is the omnipotent God, the all-powerful God, the God that can fix all your problems, the God that can be there with you, the God that hears your prayers, the God that's sitting next to you. That's the God we serve, Kevin. Yeah. How big is your God? Is the, it's like you're saying, the, that's the question. You know, when I was a new Christian, I, was, I, I received Christ uh, in 1979, I was in my bedroom, <clears throat> and not long after, someone gave me the pocket, the Bible pocket promise book, little paperback, pretty oh, cool looking. Larry thing. Stallings put those together, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, I have no idea. I, yeah, I, he's I, in I, heaven. I just, a... I wanted to call his name, but anyway, go ahead, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bless him, Lord. Um, you know, I, I got that thing, and as I read it at first, I was like, okay. All right, this is interesting, but I mean, as a brand new Christian, and then um, it, 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 you know, as life rolled forward, and I began to look at life's problems, and then look at these promises all at once, it became evident that what, what I was facing in life, that one of the biggest tasks in life was to, 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 to try to list my problems. You know, like the Bible says, cast all your cares upon Him. That means Amen. one at a time you know, taking them before the throne of grace, pouring out your heart before him, it says in the Psalms. So to do that and line it up against the promises of God. In other words, how big is my God? Is Are, are there promises that, um, that I that I look at that can offset these, these, these struggles. And I'm not trying to be over analytical, but I mean, the reality is either God's bigger than what I'm, than, than my giant right now, or God's not, and he's not to be trusted. And I know the devil gets her mind all wrapped up, and we get in a dark place, and we can't even see God, let alone figure out what's going on in my life, what this trauma is about. It just hurts so bad. But, you know, at some point, I think the victory might be when we say, God, these are your promises, and God, these are my problems. And so, God, you're a bigger God than, than these problems. And even if the devil himself is attacking me with floods and waves of problems, I've still got these promises and I want to, I want to lay them over against what's taking place. So yeah, God's omnipotent. He's, he really does. He's got it. I heard an old, old story, how our savior came from glory. And let me tell you, man, I, there's a victory in Jesus. I almost started singing that, but I'm not allowed to. There's certain things that God has taken away from me, and among them is the ability to sing publicly. Once, one pastor and uh, uh, Brother Green over there in Hanau, Germany, had me get up and sing a special with him, and it never happened again. I begged him. I pleaded with him. Uh, I pled in a way that, that and, and I said, please, you don't understand how bad my voice is, but he made me, and we we sang that song, and there's, I think we scarred two or three generations of people, German and American, there in Hanau. But, hey, folks, listen, we're going to go ahead and let the radio stations do what they need to do. We'll be right back with you. Hang with us.
I love serving God, the omnipotent, true one. We find ourselves today, we're in the 30th proverb, and we're just going to crank through some verses. We're going to go about halfway through 15, starting in uh, uh, verse number 11. It said, there is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from the filthiness. There is a generation of how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The horse leech have two daughters crying, give give. That's where we're going to stop today. And boy, there is a generation that curses its father. It's out there. It's the generation we're in right now. They they curse God. They disobey God's command to honor thy mother and father. They they curse their earthly mother and father. There's a, it, it, you know, it, it's an abomination to look at these things and know that people are doing it. And they're pure, Kevin. They're pure in their own eyes. They look at themselves and say, look at me. I'm I'm so good. I'm so right. And, and the Bible's saying, but you haven't been cleansed from your filthiness. You haven't been cleansed in the blood. You you haven't done anything. But but there is a generation, Kevin, as we read through those verses that are lofty in their own eyes. They they look at this stuff and they walk in pride and arrogance and uh, they they you know they give way to resistance. And you got to remember that God resists the proud. And and uh, uh, and then there is a generation whose teeth are like swords that they they devour. They devour everything. The Bible says uh, this generation whose teeth are as swords and their teeth are as knives. They're, they're just cutting up and chewing people up. And uh, these cruel oppressors are marked by a pitiful cowardice. These are the people who sit in rooms and hurt people. And, and, uh, and, and then we end there halfway through 15 and it's talking about these leeches. And boy, I personally, we owned a horse until we realized they ate like horses when we were a kid. You know, we, we owned one horse and then we had another horse that was left behind by the neighbor next door and uh, brawler it was ugly we had two horses then we realized they they ate like horses it was a pretty bad thing and then one horse died the old horse that was left behind died when the young stallion uh tried to get to know the other horse in a biblical manner and it was brother it was just there were some terrible things i had to cut that horse up brother with a chainsaw because the ground was frozen and to bury it i had to cut its legs off and cut its body in half those are things you hey people i'm sorry <laughs> you're gross I'm, I'm i love sorry. it i'm sorry to give you guys the illustration of this but there is sorry there is kevin that generation that cursed their father mm. and mother and disobeyed god it's there and i mean as yeah. we look at these we've seen these things haven't we yeah yeah you know i think it was john the baptist said save yourselves from this untoward generation and um yeah. you know our our savior himself said, you know, he talked about all, all these things should come upon this generation. And, and I realized generation can also mean a, a race it's talking about the Jewish people, but, you know, largely in the scriptures, generation is talking about a, a, an era where there's a certain, you know, a, um, there's a group of sired people inhabiting the earth. That's the generation. You know, it's, it's these, these guys came from the last generation. Now they inhabit the earth. They got the reins of the politics. They got the reins of the school system. They have the, you know, they, they're just in charge. And, um, you know, the, we talk about the, you know, generation Z generation X generation Y the millennial generation, 
Um, I think they call it Generation Z now, which is interesting because Z is the last letter. But our, uh, you know, the whole idea of, of you know, it's no surprise. I mean, it's no secret that the modern generation is known as the me generation. And that's the generation that curses their father, and does not bless their mother. Doesn't the scripture say that in the last days, um, men, men will be lovers of the most of their own selves and it talks about disobedient to parents. So my mind brother is running to PTSD a little bit because you think about it, what greater calamity can befall you than to have your own children not bless you, curse you? Uh, in fact, that the scripture says, the, the, the verse, uh, I looked it up here, it says, a foolish son is the calamity of his father. That's yeah. Proverbs 19, 13. Sitting so on my calamity. computer screen right now. I looked it up. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I stole it from you. But no, that what a great what a great scripture to, to tie into it, brother, that um, it's, it's traumatic for a person. And, 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 you know, there are people I'm sure listening to this brother who are s- seriously, they are hurting to the depths of their soul because of something their children did to them. And brother, I'm, I'm talking about, it's like PTSD type stuff. Um, what, you know, what is it that would, that, that would, that would cause a child to, um, you know, in some of these other countries, you hear it sometimes where, you know, in, in a socialist country, they turn in their parents, they turn, you know, they rat on their parents because the parents did something that wasn't wrong, but it was politically incorrect. And so they ratted them out. That's just, you can't wrap your mind around that. So, um, I think that, you know, we're talking about people out there uh, today that are listening, that, that are dealing with the trauma, it's traumatized their family. You know, there's three things they say that can ruin a marriage. One is uh, a monetary calamity. One is a, a sexual calamity or, you know, just a drying up of things. And, um, and then the third is uh, t- teenager calamity, child raising calamity. And, you know, here's right before us in the scriptures is the calamity of, of child raising when they become uh, teenagers and Doug, they just have this attitude where it, it, instead of them blessing their, their mother, instead of them rising up and calling them, you know, someone to whom they're grateful, they say, I wish you'd never been born, you know, give me the part of the goods that lieth to me, give me my inheritance now, you know, just all those things are painful and, and it cuts so deeply and the, the kids don't perceive it. And some of them are just dumb as a box of rocks. I know I was. And, and so they don't perceive that the, 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 the words are as sores that go down to the innermost parts of the belly. And uh, man, I sure want to, I, I, I try to live my life to make up to my mother for the way that I did not bless her when I was a teenager. Boy, ain't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? I, there I am using, so I go from crazy Northeast New York, Connecticut accent to uh, the ain't slang, but I, I think what Kevin's saying true, you know, and it's all of us, all of us have been in a position probably in our lives. And as Kevin said, Hey, I was dumb as a box of rocks. I mean, I don't think I started uh, using more than 20% of my brain till I was 25. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. And I was as far from God as you could possibly be as a young person. And I believe this book, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, that's what it's all about here is, is correcting the falsehoods. 
You know, this is almost, uh, you know, Proverbs 30 to me has been this coming of age thing as Christians coming to the realization that we need to correct some things in life. And, uh, uh, you know, we're not going to make accusations there in 10 that we're, that this generation who's all messed up, we're not buying into it. We're not going to live that life. You know, we're going to be the generation that brings honor to our mothers and fathers when they deserve it. And when we can, when they're not abusing us and they're in our lives, I, I get in some cases we can't do that, but in other cases we can. And we bring honor to those proxy moms and dads that God gives us, that people in my life that, that are older, that care for me, that tend to me, that mentor me. And, um, you know, in this whole purity in their own eyes and, 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 you know, Kevin, I cannot remember of time where people were more self-righteous than they are right now in 2022. I cannot remember a time where I've seen so much self-righteousness where these people, uh, you, you know, they're constantly talking about how great they are, how wonderful they are, uh, how pure they are. And, and they're still steeped with filthiness. They've never accepted Jesus Christ. They've never accepted these things. We see it. We, you can watch the commentary from Congress and Senate and governments in your state and our government. These people think they're pure and right. And, 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 and sadly, you know, Kevin, as we close this thing up, it talks about teeth being used to devour things and teeth sharp as blades and and devouring poor people or unassuming people or hurtful things and then being like those leeches that got on those horses we used to have that we found out ate like horses and and let me tell you dear friends this is a coming of age statement right here for all of us this is that statement where god says enough this is that statement where we've got to stand up and say, this is our mission. Kevin, in 30 seconds or so, wrap this thing up for us. Yeah, you know, all of these generational things, you know, the generation gap that we face and the, the me generation, a lot of it is um, just being immature, being knuckleheads. And unfortunately, we, we serve under a government right now. We, we, live, in, we live under a government that, um, that tries to empower the knuckleheads and say, you're right. And so when we tell our parents or we tell the older generation, we're right, you're wrong. Well, now the government's telling us we're right and, and they're empowering us that they're going to give us money. They're going to pay for a college or whatever they want to you know, throw out. Hey, we need to recognize we are not always right. And my parents know a lot more. They've got experience. And I want to bless them because of that. And I want to listen to people that have been down the pike further than I do because uh, I'm not always right. Yeah, me too. Hey, you know, the Bible says over in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, very famously, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This is a coming of age statement right here. And out of your heart will come the issues of life. And those life things belong to God. We sure do love you. We hope you have a great day. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, our brother's going to tell you everything you need to know to accept Jesus Christ. Make sure you do. And uh, if there's anything we can do to help you, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Help the Wounded Spirits. Come back tomorrow and hear Kevin's funny missionary story. May God bless you. And hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner. 
for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.